0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Deeper Than Sunday podcast. This podcast exists to be an extension of Grace Church San Diego's teaching on Sunday. First podcast of the new year. Happy 2024, everybody. Sorry we had to take such a long break, man. I was fiending to get behind a (laughs) mic, but here we are, and it's going to be so fun. So thanks for listening. Who do we have with us today?
1: Well, on your left, we have myself. I am Alyssa. I'm the college director, and I just got asked a couple minutes to come join. So thankfully, Jesse is holding Maddie Mae, and here we are.
0: We got this <laughs> thing together, guys. Don't worry. We are completely organized. Sorry,
1: I did you guys. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's,
0: fine. No it's, all, it's all a part of the whole vibe. So uh, who else do we have?
2: My name is Josh. I was the preacher this Sunday.
0: Okay, cool. So we're uh, starting a new series, which is going to be exciting about prayer. John 15, lots of stuff to talk about. So let's roll the theme song. Okay, we're back. Um, Let's ask Josh to do us all a favor. um, Recap the message for us. We're actually recording on a Thursday because a staff retreat. So it's been a few days. Alyssa and I are a little rusty. <laughs> are you rusty, or can you remember what you preached on Sunday?
2: I think oh, it's been a while. <laughs> we started a series called "Pray Until You Pray," and it's built around this Puritan phrase where they would tell young people or people struggling uh, with prayer uh, that if you were to ask them, "How how do you pray? What do you do when you get tired? What do you do when you get..." Uh, bored or you lose train of thought, they would say, "Well, just pray until you pray. And so from that idea, we looked at John 15, the, the vine and the branches, and we talked about how we can't do anything apart from Christ. Uh, I started the sermon by telling the church, uh, you are not enough. I don't know what 2024 has for you this year, but I know you can't handle it without prayer. Uh, and then try to get really practical at the end on like some, some ways of like plan your prayer time plan to fight intrusive thoughts plan to stay aware of god's presence and so just trying to get us to be people who abide yeah
0: it was interesting uh, at my house church. One of the questions was, when Josh said, "You're not enough," how did you take that? Mm. And like our leader was like, "Were you offended?" And we went around the room. Every single person was like, "Nope, he's absolutely right. We yeah. we don't have it." Elizabeth, do you, do you have a ex- similar experience when he said that?
1: Oh yeah, no, I, I totally agree, and I felt like, yeah, how much, It's actually cr- funny because on the drive down to church, I had this. That's typically, like, my prayer time with the Lord is <laughs> on my drive. Um, and I was just, like, had this thought, like, reoccurring of, like, yeah, I can't do this ministry on my own, and I can't do, like, momhood on my own. And so, like, stop relying on myself. And then the whole message was on that. and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, God, it was just, like, preparing me for the message. So, when, yeah, when you said that, I totally it was like, yeah. It was almost comforting of, like, yeah, we need the Lord.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, maybe a, a common question would be, for those who haven't experienced the Lord's presence or have never had to rely on somebody other than themselves, what does that practically mean that nothing happens apart from the Father? Is like. Is it more of like a big 40,000-foot view that all of this is because of God and it all falls apart if He's not here? Or is it more in the minutia of God is literally going to get you the job that He wants you? Like, How do we... What's a healthy way to look at at that scripture?
2: This is this is a hard truth for us to believe. I said that on Sunday. I said uh, you don't believe this Bible verse, the Bible verse where Jesus says, "Apart from me, you can do nothing." Uh, we struggle to believe that because we are so self reliant, we are so individualistic, we are so capable, and and this is not intended to be a hot take here on the Deeper Than Sunday podcast, but uh, I, I would lovingly say that all of our control is an illusion. All of our, uh, reliance on ourselves is an illusion, uh, because you're not making your heartbeat right now. You're not making your lungs move right now. You're not making your brain work. Like there is, uh, uh, a ten, I would say 10,000 things happening inside of you that you're not controlling. And so e- even the idea of like, I do a lot of stuff without God. It's like, no, you don't. Like if God's not making your heart beat, uh, you're not doing anything. And so it almost sounds offensive to like come across so rigidly in that space. But I go, that's actually where freedom and joy and peace and hope are found. Because on the flip side, let's, let's say you're not a believer and someone gets sick or something happens out of your control. You come, very, uh, you, you come in tune with the reality that I actually am not in control like I thought I was. So I'm just inviting the believer to engage the hard reality that that God is doing all of it. Now, that's a big meta thought. If you're asking like in the practical, mm-hmm. does God have to do my job for me? It's like, no, you, you've got to participate in the gift of life that he's given you. Uh, but you do have to fight for the awareness that he He's the viney, you're the branch, and you're not doing this apart from him.
0: Yeah. Cause if you do take it too far, then you don't act or do anything, right? Yeah. You just say, Oh, God's gonna God's gonna do it. I can just do whatever I want and God yeah. will take care of it.
2: Yeah. The I, I don't know. I I don't intend to make people feel uh, like they're robots or like they they are not participating at all. But this, this Sunday, I was just really trying to get get us in January when we're all like super hyped up on who we can be and how great we can be to just remind us uh, if you're not connected to the vine, it's not going to last. It, it will be an illusion. So did it come across harsh?
1: No. I, I mean, I can totally think of like, I have two examples that pop in my head and one of them is like, when you get pregnant, you are doing nothing to make this baby grow and be nourished and All you're doing is to try to not mess it up. Yeah. And so I feel like it's just a good example of like, yeah, the Lord's like going to make his thing happen and we're trying not to mess it up, but like be a part of it. And it's just like a big moment where you realize like, yeah, I don't have like the full control of this, but an example practically of like, yeah, we can't just not do nothing. I think of like when I did youth ministry, I think In the beginning, when I didn't know what I was doing, I I relied on the Lord a lot. But then once I got it down, I was writing sermons. I was doing all these things. And it was easy to do it without God because I was like, yeah, I got this. And then right now I'm on like a humble stage of like college ministry trying to grow. And like no part of it is like me on my own. Mm -hmm. I'm like constantly being like, Lord, help me, guide me. And it's like total reliance on the Lord. Um, but I also can't just sit back and like expect him to make a ministry with me, just like sitting and watching. Like I have to go get coffee. I have to like do what he's asking me to do. But my like prayer life and my reliance is, is totally involving him. Whereas like, I think in youth ministry, it got easy to do it without reliance on him.
2: It's yeah. good. That's, that's the temptation is, uh, as you get more competent, you can become less reliant on God Yeah, and you, you totally. feel like you can do it yourself. Yeah.
0: This came up during the rebuild campaign that God could have just given the full million, but for our joy, he allows us to work alongside him, mm. right? So yes, we acknowledge that nothing happens apart from God, but at the same time, we still have to act in, in uh, accordance with his will alongside him to get his work done here on this earth.
2: Yeah, I, I tried to communicate that that's actually the design is that God wants you to stay connected to Him. So that was the first point. Uh, Fruitfulness is connection-based, not effort-based. So if you're connected to the vine, then the Lord wants to use your branch, your life, to bear fruit for His glory. Uh, You and I are tempted to use our own effort to bear our own fruit for our own glory. So the opposite is what God wants for us, which is, do this connected to me. Do this for my glory. It's it's actually more sustaining and life-giving for you to do that. Uh, but, but the temptation is where I'm competent. I'll bear my own fruit. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. Okay. I'm going to read verse five. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. That's uh, from John 15. So uh, it says, Clearly, apart from me, you can do nothing. Is this speaking of fruit and Christian things, or is this speaking universally? And if it is speaking universally, maybe an obvious question would be, there's a big swath of humanity that doesn't believe God even exists, yet they're out there starting companies and having families and doing things. Um, Are we saying that God is actually behind all that too, or how, how do we look at that?
2: Yeah, this gets into like some heavy, I say heavy, like mentally heavy, not, not theologically heavy, uh, the idea of God's common grace in the world. Uh, medicine is God's common grace in the world. Uh, if you have a cold, you should pray and you should take some Tylenol, <laughs> and you know, some DayQuil in the day and NyQuil in the night. And God in His grace towards us is using NyQuil and DayQuil because that obeys the laws of nature that he created and that obeys the laws of physiology. Like, okay, heady stuff, I will right?
0: say the old recipe for NyQuil was way better yeah, than this wussy stuff best. we have now. <laughs> He's put alcohol in that stuff. Yeah, you really. were <laughs> out. Like, funny, you huh? couldn't get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> it was great.
2: Was uh, God's common grace better back then <laughs> than yeah, now? We have, we have fallen
0: know. apart from God yeah, <laughs> with there, this new recipe.
2: There are a lot of things happening in the world because God is providing heartbeats and God is providing creativity and God is provide like you can't do anything without the source and God is source um, I'm reading this book that I don't even like <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying it's called don't believe everything you think and uh, he he's not a Christian but he's trying to communicate where we get thoughts and brains from and they just he calls it source. Mm. And he's like, yeah, and you're like, I could name that for you <laughs> if you'd like me to. Uh, and so source, to use that terminology, is has made it possible for uh, Disneyland to be created, has made it possible for businesses and you know, all these things. So it's not that apart from it you can do nothing. It's just you're not going to do it in a long-lasting, eternal, God-glorifying way apart from God. Mm. Uh, but in his common grace, he allows all kinds of things to happen in the world.
0: Yeah. Uh, can we talk about pruning? Yeah. Everybody excited about pruning? Oh, yeah. It's t- that <laughs> time of the year. If you guys got fruit trees, get up there <laughs> and prune them and then spray them with... Anyway. I um, need we, all the tips. Yeah. We can <laughs> we can talk about that later. Um, so when God prunes, we, that's the language we use, that God is doing the pruning. Is he doing that on his own or are is he using our own actions to like our stupidity to prune ourselves or both or neither.
2: Yeah. Pruning is a metaphor. So, uh, what other words, like what words come to your mind when you hear pruning?
1: Mm, I would just think like trials or like hard things that like, you're not necessarily inviting, welcoming in, but also that are probably growing you and like creating, um, I don't know, more reliance on God or, I just think of the hard times in my life, and that's where I'm typically going back to God.
2: Yeah, the uh, discipline, uh, trials, things that are happening outside of you and inside of you that are changing your form is is what pruning is. Uh, I, I referenced that theologian that said, if God doesn't prune you, you're all foliage, no fruit, which is just a silly way of saying, like, you look good. Yeah. But you don't actually produce anything that you're supposed... You're, you're a big old apple tree with lots of leaves, yeah. but you don't... There's no actual apples. Uh, I can't get anything from you.
1: It was a good illustration. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's,
2: what, this is why like, Jesus cursing the fig tree is this super controversial Bible verse.
0: It's just like, give him a Snickers, man. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah, not using you having a bad day. When you're hungry.
2: Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the metaphor is that thing was supposed to have figs. It was all foliage, no figs. Yeah. And... And if John 15 and the fruit tree, the fig tree, uh, work to connect, it's Jesus saying, when you don't have what you're supposed to have, you are not good. You're not. You're not good. And I want you to be good for the world, good for your family, good for my glory. And in order for that to happen, I have to cut things away from you. Can it's a we, hard
0: truth. Can we? This is an aside, but I've always thought this. Anytime I read the fig story, he says, "You will never bear fruit again." Can you pull out your your uh, East Texas Bible College <laughs> theology learnings? Is that is that just specifically about the the Jewish people, or is it is that true? Is like, can we get to a point where he's like, "I can't use you anymore"? Oh. I
2: don't know. Josh
0: is I, squirming over here so much.
2: Okay, this is uh, there's different accounts of the fig tree, but the one where he curses the fig tree, cleanses the temple, comes back out and explains the fig tree. I think that's intentional. I think what he did in the temple was metaphored in the fig tree. He goes into the temple and he's like, "You present like you could pray here. You're a temple." But no one's praying here. You present like you could meet God here, but you can't meet God here. So he flips over the tables, says, You've made this a dinner, robbers. My house is a house of prayer. He's he's showing that what you're representing is not what you really are. The fig tree, what you are representing, is not what you really are. And this is strong. And I abhor that. <laughs> to to present something that you are not to to be duplicit to be hypocritical uh it is counter kingdom that's that's not the kingdom and so yeah I'll curse a fig tree and I'll tell it it'll never bear fruit again because if you're going to live like that then tear down the temple because it's not worth it to present something you're not really being it's this is ridiculous but the temple wasn't abiding the fig tree wasn't abiding they were foliage with mm-hmm. no fruit and uh and Jesus felt like so much anger about that, and I, I, I just go, be careful out there. <laughs> like for me, for all, like I think, to act like Jesus would never be frustrated with us, uh, is is not really a biblical picture of Jesus. So thank you for asking about the fig tree. I love that story.
0: Alyssa, do you ever? I mean, I I would say I worry about it, but do you ever think like, man, God's just gonna get so fed up with my bullcrap? <laughs> Can I say bullcrap? <laughs> yes, I just did. Said it twice. Bullcrap. That's three.
1: I mean, yeah, probably. I feel like daily you're coming back and being like, yeah, I suck, or <laughs> and God's probably frustrated and mad at me, but like here I'm coming back like, yeah, I'm screaming at my kids in the church parking lot, and I'm like. Hey, waving to the people coming in. Yeah, I'm Do you staff. ever,
2: do you, both of you, do you ever get fed up with your children's? Oh,
1: yeah. every day. Okay. Oh my
2: god Yeah. Do, right. But do you ever like stop loving them? No. No. Have you ever had a moment where you're like, um, hey, we don't, do, like you got serious with your kids. Yours are younger, but yeah. we have a little bit older kids where you get serious with them and you're like, we don't do that thing. Whatever mm-hmm. that's like, it's different than, hey, yeah. be, be kind to your brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you say like, you catch him doing something mm-hmm. that's like deeply yeah. uh disconnected to your values as mm-hmm. a family. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Stealing
0: something. Okay, a you're like,
2: that's yeah. not who we are. Yeah. yeah. That's Jesus in the temple. That's Jesus with the fig tree. Yeah. So it's that discipline because he loves us. Yeah. Uh, but you don't disown your kids because of Never. their Yeah.
0: No. Although we do <laughs> have Alyssa <laughs> did disown her ch- uh, youngest for this podcast, I right? Did, now. did, yeah. The, I may.
2: Giving- Sorry
0: passed around the office in good hands. Julie's yeah. there, so no need to worry.
2: Okay. Why do you think we would say God's going to get tired of me, which is real. I feel that too, by the way. I'm not diminishing that. All the while we think I would never get tired of, my, tired of my kid. What do you think that's about?
1: I feel like it's just this it's this never ending cycle that I'm like, I'm still going like I'm trying to break this sin, but I'm still feeling angrier, or I'm still being impatient. Or I'm still, you know, feeling jealous or doing this. And so it's just this unending cycle of like, yeah, I'm still sinning, even though I like love Jesus so much. And I'm like, so I don't know. I feel like it's just because I'm like constantly still sinning. I'm going to the rest yeah. of my life that you're just like, yeah, I don't know. Does I think that make sense? Yeah. totally. <laughs> I've never totally. thought of
0: it until now, but I think like blood's thicker. It's a blood and water illustration. Like if, a friend that I made, like, let's just say a college friend that I made started doing that stuff and was over and over, I would break ties with them. I'd never talk to them again, but my kid can do the same exact stuff or worse. And I won't, I won't stop loving them. So maybe it's that I look to God as a friend or just a a being. And I don't look at it like a father, son or father, daughter Mm, relationship. Totally.
2: I I think that affects our prayers. That's why I bring that up is your kids are not going to stop coming to you with their troubles or yeah. with their needs um, your kids can't do anything this is funny like yeah. you could look at your child and truly say to them <laughs> you could look at sammy and say apart from me you can do nothing <laughs> and you wouldn't be lying yeah and so in the same way when god says that to us we're like offended <laughs> god how can you say that to me and i'm sure as kids get older they're offended until they realize i can i can't reach more than one thing in the refrigerator yeah I can't. I don't know how this world works.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so that same thing applies to us as well, but we just don't feel that sometimes, and I think it affects our prayer life.
1: Well, I think it's also hard to just feel like there's moments where you're like, oh yeah, like I'm special, like God loves me, I'm His daughter. But then there's a lot of moments where like it, it, God is so big, but also like, oh my gosh, there's so many people in this world. And so sometimes it feels self-centered to be like, oh yeah, like he cares so much about me, but it's true. But it does feel like, yeah, there's billions of people. Yeah. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's It's a hard
1: concept to grasp. (laughs)
0: Let's, um, let's talk about the vine. Um, God is the vine, but for us to be nourished, we need to pray and read the word. Is that, am I saying that right? Is that basically it?
2: Commune with him. Yeah. uh, Worship. Yeah.
0: Um, so It is about connection, but we do play a part in it. How, how does that work? And then also a follow up is like, it just seems wild, like unexplained, like one day it's working, everything's humming along. And then the next day you don't feel connection and it's just to us, it seems random. How, how should we look at that? And is there any like positive news that you can share with us? Uh,
2: (laughs) the, the illustration in some ways is it breaks down, uh, because every illustration breaks down. But, but for me, the, the spirit of it, the heart of it, is that a branch is utterly dependent on the vine for everything it needs. That, that's just true. And if you pull the branch away from the vine, it can no longer, it, it just dies, you know, abide or die, right, that, that idea. So if you and I could fight for the awareness to believe that everything I need, I can only get from the Lord, that's a hard thing to, to believe. And then it changes how you pray. Cause I just, I just think many of us, we don't believe that God could change the way we speak to our children. We don't believe that God could change the way we feel about finances. We don't believe that God has any, like, if you're single, you're like, oh, God has no saying in bringing me my next boyfriend or girlfriend. And so practically we don't live out utter dependence on the vine practically. Uh, we 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 are utterly dependent on ourselves, and then we go to the vine when we're desperate. Mm. Uh, which God will receive you if your kid depends on themselves all day and then comes to you and they're like, "Hey, I tried to be my, <laughs> you know, sovereign today and I didn't <laughs> do it." We'll receive them, uh, but it's much better to do life together mm. and to be dependent on God in all these these scenarios. Um, it's it's just hard to believe that when everything around you is feeding you, you're enough. You got mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. You're a girl boss or boy boss, whatever. Yeah. Sorry. No. No, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's true. What, whatever the messaging is, it's not depend on the vine. And Instagram's not helping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's telling you, you, you have the goods. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's like the metaphor I think of is like the only way to make money is to work. Yeah. And we would say, I am going to go to work to make money. But if we transition or translate that over to our spiritual life, the only way to make fruit is to pray and read your Bible. Yet in the morning we'll say, oh, I don't, I don't need to do that. Right. And so then it doesn't happen. If I don't go to work, I don't get any money. If you don't sit down and pray, you don't get any fruit and you don't get any connection. Is that a, a decent way to look at it?
2: I think it is. Uh, I think there's a, I talked about this, like some people get really legalistic. Like if I don't spend 30 minutes with God, I don't have a relationship with God. It's like, hang on a second. And then other people go the other way and they're like, oh, I do this organic thing, which means they they don't do anything often. So all I was trying to say is like like fight for the discipline of a daily time with God. Mm -hmm. Fight for that. That's actually going to heal you in ways you didn't even know you needed healing. Um, I think of King David. There's a psalm where he said – He's trying to understand something, and he said, it feels oppressive to me is the terminology he uses. And then he says, until I went into the sanctuary of the Lord, and then I got understanding. He doesn't even tell you what he's struggling with. He's just like, I was oppressed by some thoughts, and then I got in God's presence, and I wasn't oppressed anymore by those Mm. thoughts. And you're like, what would you do? Like, what book did you read? He's like, I just got in God's presence, and the oppressive thoughts went away. And I'm like, whoa, there's there's some beauty there that we— We don't realize like sitting with the Lord will transform you Mm -hmm. uh, in ways you didn't even know. You'll be more patient tomorrow and you're like, what happened? Uh, I just was like with God. I just like sat with God.
0: Does that only take just a mental shift? Because God's everywhere. Like we don't have to go to the end of Crystal Pier and look out into the Pacific Ocean to be with God, right? Like we can do it anywhere. So... we're encouraged to do it in the morning for a specific sure. amount of time. What is it like? What does it look like to be in God's presence if he's everywhere? Is it just a mental switch where you say, okay, now I'm in the presence of God. And then when you're done, okay, I'm going to step out or it, like this gets back to, it, just seems wild and non-formulaic. How do we look at it?
2: To go back to the Puritans, they had these phrases that they would say all day, or uh, they'd say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Like they would be uttering that under their breath all day long as a way of trying to do what you're talking about. How do I remain aware? Uh, If you've read Brother Lawrence's book, Practicing the Presence of God, he was a monk who did dishes and he would just try, like his goal was like, can I stay aware of God for 16 hours today? And then he would write in his journal, uh, Oh Lord, my thoughts of you today were delicious. Like that's (laughs) is a weird way to talk about God. Uh, (laughs) I just think there's there's a yearning to be in God's presence all day that that we could learn from. Um, again, King David, he's like, I lay in my bed at night and just think of you, Lord. And you're like, wow, I lay in my bed at night and scroll social media. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I wake up early and my thoughts turn. like the, It's like love letter kind of terminology. Uh, As the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. You're like, this brother has a different relationship with God mm-hmm. than I do. Mm-hmm. The Apostle Paul. I long to know his, I want to fellowship with his sufferings. You're like, what? <laughs> like when, when was the last time you were just sitting around and you're like, you know what? I really want to like suffer so I can be like Jesus. <laughs> so I, I just, I think it takes work. Um, and I think sometimes those guys can almost discourage us to be like, I'm never going to be that person. Yeah. Uh, but maybe you just start with like a phrase where you say over and over like, Lord, Jesus have mercy on me or, Lord be with me today. Or Something I do is I just pray my anxiety. That's that's my thing. When I start feeling it, it's from Paul Miller's Praying Life. I talk about the book all the time. But the moment I feel anxious, I just send it straight to the Lord. As much as my heart produces anxiety, I produce prayer. Uh, That's been helpful for me because I have a lot of intrusive thoughts. Um, But it's a fight and it's a fight worth having.
0: Yeah. Uh, So it seems like we're going towards the practical. So Alyssa, I will ask you, what is your And I'm going to say mine too, but you go first. What does your prayer slash quiet time look like at its Um, best or at its worst?
1: Okay. Well, this week we've been encouraged to, well, for 21 days or however long, we've been encouraged to like have that specific set apart time in the morning. Um, And so right now I've been lighting a candle in the morning. Me and Maddie Mae, I'll be on the couch with her when she wakes me up at 6 a.m. And I was actually going to ask Josh, like, if you had any better tips, because I'm fighting. So you said, like, let it, you know, be natural and like your thoughts coming in and out or whatever. So, you know, I started with a worship song and then opened my Bible, read a chapter, looked at what, you know, was standing out to me. Then my thoughts were kind of going everywhere. So I'm like, okay, I'm getting my journal out to try to like stay focused. And so then I was like writing the song that I listened to and then wrote the, verse and what stood out to me and then just like been praying. Um, But I'm like fighting, falling asleep. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord. Like when I'm like, I'm like trying to like pray like organically, but then I'm like legitimately like going in and out of sleep. I'm like, am I exhausted? Do I need to do this at a different time? (laughs) And I'm trying. So anyways, that's right now. That's this week. It's been a little bit harder, but I'm also like, okay, this is like the time when I don't have like screaming toddlers begging for my attention. I just have sweet Maddie Mae with me. Typically, my prayer time is like in the car when I don't have kids. I'm driving everywhere in San Diego is a 30 minute drive, and so I just like have some no. If you music live in Alpine,
0: it is <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every drive for me is 30 minutes, and so I actually that's where I actually connect with the Lord. I'm like driving, looking out everything He's created, listening to worship music, and just like praying. I'm praying till I pray in those moments yeah. in the morning I'm fighting to pray till I pray. I'm like, yeah. it feels more disciplined, but maybe it's a good discipline to try to like train myself. That's my long winded answer. I have you to go on tips. a walk.
2: Like I, I, maybe after you read your Bible, can you just like pack up your kid that's and just start idea. walking yeah. and just walk and pray just cause you're yeah. moving. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's smart. That's it's just a, like pitch black in the morning. Tip. But you know. yeah, right, right now it's <laughs> sketchy <laughs> yeah. out there. Um, But
1: no, that's a good tip.
2: You ever been talking to one of your kids while they're falling asleep? Yeah. It's like precious. Yeah. I don't think, just don't be rude to yourself about about your time with God. Yeah, that's good. I don't think the Lord's up there being like, look at this loser who (laughs) keeps falling asleep. (laughs) I I don't think that's. At least he's like, she's trying. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Is that a good way to look at it? It's like, I mean, that's the title of the series, Pray Until You Pray. You know, in our house church, we talked about fake it till you make it and people didn't really like the word fake it when it comes to prayer, but is that what we're doing is we're just blindly going out and doing our best.
2: I'm just saying start. Um, we've talked about this in staff, like, um, think, take running. Um, I'm going to do the thing of running. Uh, well, buying shoes is not doing the thing. Uh, looking up a, uh, Coaching, like what your schedule is going to be, is not doing the thing. Signing up for the race isn't doing the thing. Buying new shorts, none of that's doing the thing. Only running is doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm saying, do the thing. Don't pull out your phone and spend forever looking for the worship song. Don't spend forever looking for the study guide. Yes, yeah, pray. Mm-hmm. Do the thing. And maybe it feels like you're faking it at first. Okay, I just think it takes time to get better at something. But do the thing if you want to run this year. I don't know that shoes are that big a deal or like, especially if you're just starting.
0: I see brothers out there with no shoes. Yeah. Just run,
2: run 20 times this month. Then we can talk about shoes. Then we, so that that's the spirit of what I'm after is like, just do the thing. Yeah.
1: Can I say your best tip that you gave? I thought, What's that? The um, having the paper and writing your intrusive thought, like just or write. whatever you needed, like your to do list. I'm like, that was the best tip I've ever received. Because typically, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting on my phone. I need to text that person. I'm like, oh no, I'm just writing it down. I'll get to it after. That was text my great brother. Tip. All right. Yeah. See, I'm you
0: back. you all thought of like to do lists. Like if I wrote that thought out list out, I'd have to burn it afterwards. <laughs> like I don't want anybody reading that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this is okay. That's different. <laughs> that's <Interesting. sorry. laughs> Not, like terrible things, but like just weird things <laughs> no. like. Like, I usually do my quiet time outside. And so I have this garden, and I'm always looking and like just dreaming about plants and weird things that are happening under the soil and just like bizarre stuff. <laughs> and that honestly, and no, I'll be serious, that feels like it gets in the way of my connection with the Lord. Like, I start to pray, and then I come back to consciousness and I'm not thinking about God at all. I'm thinking about something completely different. Um, and that's hard. It feels like I have failed. Is there a way to fail it at a quiet time?
2: Um, yes and no. I I think in some ways, can you go to the gym and do more harm than good? Yeah, maybe. But also you, you got there, you started like, so being, showing up is a huge deal, but starting to pray is, is never bad. Can you pray wrongly? Uh, I don't know, possibly, but the the bigger deal is like just growing the discipline of praying I, talking to Harper my 10 year old daughter what do I say? Just start, just start talking about what about whatever you're thinking just turn your thoughts into words and point them up to the Lord I think that's what it means to pray my anxiety um, even if you just prayed I feel this to the Lord uh, I'm thinking this to the Lord I'm. Triggered by this to the Lord, uh, that's that's actually a really good prayer. I just start getting like uh, that book I'm reading that I don't like that talks about source. Uh, he he has some interesting things that I I think are redeemable and beautiful. And he said the issue isn't that we have a thought; the issue is that we have thoughts about our thought. He's like, so if you have a thought about text your brother, that's fine. It's great. Write it down. Then you go, man, I haven't texted my brother in a while. Man, I wonder if my brother even knows that I love him. And I forgot to send him. So you start thinking about that thought, and now you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So his whole point is like, fight your thoughts about your thought. Mm. I was like, that's interesting. Because biblically, you would say, take every thought captive. Make it obedient to Christ. Renew your mind, Romans 12. So I was like, there's some there's some cool things about that that I certainly, all I do all day is think about my thoughts. <laughs> so I've been growing in that. So pray your thoughts. And stop just thinking your thoughts.
1: Yeah. Can I ask you a question about your prayer life real yeah. quick? Um so this is practical, but I feel like it might be helpful for people too. But um, do you feel like every day you come like to God and you're just like, Okay, let me pray like in this order? Like do you pray for your family every day and your kids and the person who's sick and the person who doesn't have faith, like you go through that every single day or do you kinda like like do you have a routine or do you come in it more organically like or do you have a core that you pray for every day and then you go into like organically what's on your heart I mean obviously you're gonna in prayer you're gonna pray all day but I'm more thinking in your disciplined prayer time
2: I do the P-R-A-Y acronym truly like as practical as I can be Priscilla Shire wrote a book I think it's called pray Google Priscilla Shire Uh, she also is one of the actors in the movie war room which which I do recommend for people. (laughs) It's really good. Uh, Priscilla Shires is the daughter of Tony Evans, the, the famous African-American preacher in Dallas. Okay, Uh, great, great guy.
0: Uh, we got the armor of God. Not that one. Fervent. 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 Yeah. It's like orange colored. Yes. It's Uh, got an orange sticky note on the front.
2: I love it. I would recommend it. Uh, it's, It's her book called Fervent. Um, the PRAY acronym says start with praising God. Mm-hmm. And I just, that to me is, I play the song Holy Spirit by Kim Walker, mm-hmm. live in New York, it's eight minutes long. <laughs> I'm just guys telling you exactly what yeah. I do. Right, yeah. And and I just praise God and I go, God, thank you for life today. Thank you for breath. Thank you that you're good. Thank you that we have a house. Thank you. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Then I repent. That's the R. Mm-hmm. Father, I'm sorry that I overspoken a meeting yesterday. and was really harsh about God, why can't I just be okay letting my ideas lose? Or God, teach me to be quiet. Like I'm repenting. God, I threw Amy under the bus in a meeting, which I don't think I did, but I did. Uh, she told me I did, which means I did. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so I'm repenting of those things. Yeah. Then from repenting... Now you got to repent that you brought it up on the podcast. No, but I'm <laughs> repenting that she was right and I was wrong. Okay, okay. Uh, I was just wrong, and which happens all the time. So I praise God, then I repent. Then for me, I feel this is... Feelings, right? I feel more clean after I've repented to ask. And then I start asking God for stuff in our family, Mm -hmm. uh, asking God for stuff in our church, asking God for stuff uh, in our, like, like needs that I just know of. Uh, Someone in our church is sick right now. I've just been asking God to heal them. Mm -hmm. So the ask is really more art than science. Yeah. Um, one of our kids is, is just going back to school has made them really anxious. And so praying about that. So I would say the ask is not formulaic. It's more spirit led. Yeah. Uh, praise is not spirit led. Repent is just repent. Ask is spirit led. And then yes is God. I trust you. I trust that Jesus is enough for all of us. Um, and that, that comes from the book Fervent, which I think is really helpful. Then from that's my, that's my prayer time. From that, I moved to wow. Paul Miller's book, Praying Life, which is trying to stay conscious of the Lord's presence all yeah. day long, which is pray your anxiety, because I'm always struggling with that, and, uh, and do things that stir my affection for Jesus. This yeah. morning on the drive here, I listened to an R.C. Sproul sermon on the philosophy of um, Schleiermacher, who was a philosopher in the 17th century. And it was so boring.
0: He fell asleep and crashed I his feel, car. I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, you have a Tesla that was driving on its own.
2: And uh, I'm, I'm talking too much here, but give me one more second. Schleiermacher was opposed to the supernatural. And R.C. Sproul's whole point was like, worship is supernatural, Re- regeneration is super. Like, the fact that you're saved. And so he was talking about some of the foundational philosophical beliefs against the supernatural and how a Christian's job is to fight to see the supernatural Mm. all day long. And that stirred my affection for Christ. It really did. And so do things that stir your affection. Uh, For some people that's walks and runs and dogs and all kinds of things, but know what those are and do those things.
0: Can we end our time um, talking about the universality of prayer time? as the full-time head pastor of this church to stand up at the podium and say, this is what I do. And I could imagine a pushback like, well, yeah, of course you do. That's what we pay you for, right? Yeah. Is this something for everyone? Is there a difference between somebody who is on staff at a church and somebody who is not on staff at a church? Should, is there a difference in their prayer life or should there be?
2: There shouldn't be. If I became a uh, book writer tomorrow or I was a marketer tomorrow, and I still love Jesus. I would hope that I got up and did the same exact disciplines and led my family the same exact way, and engaged our church the same exact way, uh, even if I wasn't on staff here. Um, so I I think universally, all of us love Jesus and should pray. Who has the best tips and tricks is like best idea wins. Like whatever's helping people, let's let's learn from those things. Uh, there's there's people in our church who have better prayer lives than me. Uh, my house church leader Yo. He, he doesn't work here. Um, I, I think he prays and we learn from him in his prayer life. Uh, when it comes to the church stuff, I just think I'm tempted to believe that uh, we can do things in our church with like better marketing and better ideas um, and not remembering that God has to do it. Um, this morning, R.C. Sproul was talking about churches that host a revival, and he's like, hmm. that's just funny. Like he yeah. was being gracious, but he's like, "We got a revival next month." He's like, "God does revival." Like I understand the sentiment.
0: You can't uh, schedule it. Yeah, it you yeah. can't schedule <laughs> a
2: revival. Uh, so yeah, there's the temptations to be like, uh, "We we're going to grow the church," and you're like, "Man, that's that's just what Jesus does." So if if anything, mm-hmm. I, I'd say we, we have more in common than we we realize.
0: Yeah, Alyssa. You seem to love this message in this, the series. Do you have any closing thoughts? We're running out of time here, but,
1: um, not too many closing thoughts. Just hang in there and start it. Like Josh said.
0: Oh, so I've got one. Um, we got, we got a handout, 21 days of prayer. Yeah. Is that on the website or is that on social media? Is there any, if we, it we is on
1: social media, they're posting on their story every day.
0: Okay. So yeah. check the story, um, for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, there's like an, an, emphasis of what to pray for. And then there's some scripture to go along with it each morning for the three weeks of the message. Is that
1: scripture? Like you're supposed to read that scripture. Or it's just like, Oh, here, this is backing up why we're
0: somebody did a Google search of that word and just slapped the <laughs> <scriptures> <laughs> it's a there, of like think. a prompt. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs>
2: um, yeah. It's, it's a way to, um, pray the scripture, I think, which is a second thing. That's another, we could do a whole podcast on how to pray the scripture. Um, but when you, when you're reading the word, like if I'm, I left this out, I listen to that song, then I'll read something and yeah. then I repent. Yeah. But whatever sticks out to me, I try to pray that throughout the day. Like, uh, God, you've called me clean. I want to believe that. And so I'm praying that throughout yeah. the day. So if you let the scripture be the thing you pray throughout the day, that's a, that's a helpful tr- trick and mm-hmm. tip. Um, what the guys did who designed the prayer 21 days is they wanted to show, uh, the value of these prayer prompts from like, that they came from the word of God. So. got oh,
0: gotcha. The idea. Yeah.
2: That's it. fair. Yeah.
0: yeah. Awesome. So yeah, check that out. If you guys don't have the handout from Sunday and that concludes the first episode of deeper than Sunday podcast of 2024. Nice. Good job guys.
2: Woo. Yeah. We're in a different room.
0: I know. We, yeah. So we've got some, uh, construction going on, uh, the preschool. We're actually getting windows that are watertight, which is <laughs> nice. a very important part of windows. Yes. Uh, that we have lacked for many (laughs) years. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's uh, fun to be back, and we really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, Next week, expect the podcast to come out on Monday and from every week on. So sorry for the long break, but we needed it. It's a reset. If you guys have any questions or want to get in contact with us, email us at podcast at gracesd.com or DM us on our social media, and we would love to hear from you. So until next week, talk to you then.
1: Bye.